Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Facebook Live. I'm John Zerfel, your director. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties tonight. We had a little bit of a uh, challenge reconnecting to the post that I put up with the scheduled stream. So hopefully people are going to find their way here. I threw a quick comment in there. If you see anybody on the other one, please send them to the next post in the parents group and you'll see the live stream there. So I think we're back online now and getting ourselves rolling this evening. Again, apologies for the technical difficulties and delay. Uh, I'm going to start by bringing in my first guest. Mr. Stein's here with me tonight, and so give me a second to switch over, and we've got some wonderful things to share with you. So here we go, and Mr. Stein, welcome to Facebook Live. You're on. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Zerflu. Great to see you. So talk to Thanks me a little bit me. about how your year's going and how things are coming to a conclusion here at the end of the semester. Oh, nothing, you know, nothing unusual here. Business as usual. Everything's normal, you know. Um, no, actually, it's been uh, challenging and yet really exciting and different. And um, I'm just super appreciative of all my students for all the work they've done and, and the way they've hung in through all of this. And oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, and I brought some here with me today to uh, share some things with you, some of the work that we've been doing. Fabulous. Well, let's uh, not take any time to slow down here. And so I'm going to bring Eileen and Sarah on and your screen. So hang tight while I lock things in here and get their sound up and running. Oh, let's see. Hold on. One, two, three, four. There you are. You're on screen. Mr. Stein, take it away. And girls, say hello. Good evening, my name is Sarah. <laughs> um, thank you, Mr. Zerflu, for allowing us to come on this live and speak today. Our I'm really happy to have you guys. It's exciting to hear about your project. Tell us about it. So our class of grade nine and 10 beginning drama students have been uh, working hard on, our, on creating refugee solo pieces. So we began our unit studying refugees, writing scripts, and bringing these important stories to life. So we started by researching and reading many stories about the lives of refugees, providing us with base knowledge and inspiration. In the end, most of our performances were based on some of the real stories we read. But recently, like everyone, our class had to shift into a virtual learning setting, which came with a new set of challenges. Um, but because of this change, our class was pushed to explore our creative side, utilizing the resources we had available within our own homes. Ultimately, this led to a wide range of performance styles that we hope you'll go watch on the website we've created. However, we're not the only ones that are being affected by this world crisis. Uh, there are many people who are less privileged than us in need of medical care, equipment, and supplies, particularly refugees. This is why we took the opportunity to come together and share our projects. We also created a website to encourage everyone and anyone willing to donate to the International Rescue Committee. The International Rescue Committee is an organization directed toward rescuing the lives of refugees in our time of crisis. They do this by distributing medical supplies worldwide. The money will not go through the school. Instead, we encourage you and we promote the website where you can donate directly there. So we hope that you visit our website, watch our videos, and if you choose, provide some feedback for our class on our performances. Also, if you choose to donate money to the organization, we really appreciate it if you fill out a very quick form at the bottom of the How to Help page on our website. 
and just tell us how much you donated and any amount helps. We're just asking you to fill this out so we can keep track of how much money we've raised for the refugees. Hopefully our performances will inspire you to help the cause. Uh, you will be able to see to visit our website on various platforms such as the ASW Facebook parent page and also on the weekly notes, hopefully on the school website and the ASW our Instagram. We hope you enjoy the website and help those in need of support. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. We will also just like to give a quick shout out to the other students that worked hard on creating the website and organizing all of this. So thank you, Andrea, Sylvia, Olivia, and Melissa. And a big thank you to Mr. Stein for guiding us through this and making all of this possible. So thank you. Thank you. Well, and thank you guys, you know, and I'll make sure and include the links to all of this in my morning message tomorrow so that people can get to your site and take a look. I had a chance to watch some of the videos today. They're powerful. You guys have really done a nice job of capturing the voice and the message of these people that are so challenged by this. Uh, so kudos to you guys and to all of your classmates for a job well done. Mr. Stein, thanks for that. Yeah, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't be more proud of these students uh, in this class and what they've initiated here. So I hope everyone is able to go to the website and donate if possible. Thank you, girls. <laughs> Thanks, girls. So I'm going to send these girls off, but then we have another student that's joining us. So let me do a quick switch here, and I'll get my website back up and running as well, Mr. Stein. Bye, girls. Bye. Great job. Bye. Okay, and Isa, you're on, and I've taken the girls down. And so, Mr. Stein, tell us about this project while I pull up the uh, screen here. This is really exciting news coming up. Yeah, so uh, we've been continuing our work on uh, <laughs> The Little Mermaid Junior, and we continued after school was out, and we started doing Zoom rehearsals and uh, just doing all kinds of things, creating animations and just trying to keep everyone involved with the play. And in the last month, uh, we started to uh, put a website together with a lot of stuff and that we really hope people will visit and enjoy. And Isa, who plays Scuttle in the play and is an amazing human being, is here to tell us uh, about that project. Oops, I can hear some volume there. Hold on just a second. Uh, let me, uh, Isa, I'm going to put you uh, inside uh, the website here. So hold on just a moment. So tell us all about this while I'm scrolling, scrolling through this website here. I'm on your performances videos. You tell me where to go. So hi, my name is Isa, and I play the role Scuttle in this year's middle school production of The Little Mermaid Junior, just like Mr. Stein mentioned. And I'm here today to represent our production. So there are so many people deeply committed and involved to this play as much as I am. Our cast, crew, and creative team have gone through so much to make this production possible, even here on the small screen. We have not only rehearsed on stage, but, but on Zoom too. We have been working on the play since November, and in the last eight weeks, we have all been acting and creating through one Zoom call. As a sixth grader, new to middle school, I've had my ups and downs on this journey, but there was one thing I was 100% sure of coming into middle school. And that one thing was being in this amazing production. For three years in a row, me and my family have watched all the different plays. It is a, it is a decision I will never regret. Since the day we auditioned, me and many others 
have been really committed to make sure this production is possible. I would like to give a special thanks to parents who supported us backstage, created mermaid tails, set elements, and literally gave me wings with a seagull costume. <laughs> Miss Julia, the mermaid artistic director for the play, is one of the people that has always been willing to help the production. From designing costumes and sets, working backstage, to helping make animations, editing videos, and creating the website. She was there every step of the way. I also want to give a huge thank you to everyone who has helped all along and never gave up. I want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Stein for making this journey so engaging and awesome. With everyone's hard work, we made this play possible, even through the small screen. The last few, in the last few weeks, Mr. Stein, Ms. Julia, Charlie Mason, Mason Entz, and me have been editing rehearsal videos and creating a website to share our Little Mermaid experience with all of you. Visiting our website will most definitely bring a smile to your face. So on Tuesday, May 19th at 6 p.m., please join us on Zoom for the premiere of the Little Mermaid Junior Experience. At this event, we will open the theater doors to share the work we've done with all of you. You will be able to watch some of the final rehearsal videos on stage combined with the work we did on Zoom. You will also see some beautiful and fun underwater animations created by our crew and get a sneak peek into our costuming lookbook, set designs, and other exciting surprises. Finally, you will have the chance to share some compliments and congratulations with our cast and crew who worked so hard on this production. And as Sebastian says, life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. It would mean a lot to all of us if you would be able to come and enjoy what we've created. This is fabulous, Isa. Thank you for this. Mr. Stein, anything to add? This is uh, this is amazing that we've been able to pull off a virtual play that we've actually got the full production here ready to go. This is this is fabulous. Yeah, we, we basically we took uh, the the best rehearsal videos that we had and we combined them with our Zoom rehearsals. Uh, Isa did 99% of the editing of these videos. She really did a fantastic job. And um, we hope that everybody really enjoys it and especially younger kids. This will be an opportunity for our younger community at the school who we always do these plays for to come to the website and be able to see some of the videos and other behind the scenes fun stuff. Oh, that's fabulous. And I know that they'll just get a kick out of it. I was reading story to the pre-K and K kids today, and I know how they love to just cuddle up in front of the screen and watch this stuff. So um, kudos to you. This is going to be a wonderful asset for the community. And it's one that lives on too. Unlike the production, when we go to closing night, it, you know, once in a while we pull out the video, but it kind of comes to an end, this could live through the summer shared with family and friends around the world. So, so. exciting to have that opportunity. I truly hope so. So this will be Tuesday night, as Isa said, and we'll put the Zoom information out to the community. Okay, so again, we'll link up so I can include that maybe in my morning message and get everybody set up for that. So that's exciting. All right. And Isa. Thanks, Mr. Stein. And thanks so much for you guys for joining me tonight. I so appreciate it. And again, kudos for the wonderful work. Okay. Bye-bye, yeah. Mr. Stein. Bye-bye.
All right. Well, I'm back online and uh, getting ready and get it set up for our next segment here. Uh, we did a little bit of a different scenario uh this time around, and we uh, used Slido. So if you haven't had a chance to pop over there, uh, you'll have to uh, uh, track down the link. Um, I'm gonna try to throw it in the Facebook comment channel once more, since I had a little bit of technical difficulties. So I'm gonna pop over and just throw it in the comment chain again. I'm not gonna be closely following um, the um, Facebook Live channel. I, I see lots of hellos over there. We've got 91 viewers online, so kudos to all of you for coming in and joining us tonight. Um, I have another guest with us tonight, and I'm going to bring him on next. Um, Mr. Greg Little, our board chair, is with me tonight. So let me uh, dial him in here and uh, have him uh, offer welcomes. And so one, two, three, and there we go. Mr. Little, welcome. You're on Facebook Live with me. <laughs> Hello. Good evening, everybody. It's uh, a privilege to join John on what's now becoming a tradition on Wednesday nights. <laughs> uh, so I've enjoyed watching a number of times, and, and honestly, I think the the use of this as a communication channel to the community has just been fantastic. So, it certainly uh, has, and you get a lot of positive feedback for it, and we get more viewers every week, so it's great to have this opportunity. Hey, today, and I don't know if it's in everybody's mailboxes yet or not, but uh, we pushed out uh, to the community in eNotes tonight, the board's resolution. Why don't we start there and have you talk a little bit about the board's process, both their decision that we, of course, communicated last week at the beginning of the week, and then this resolution, which I think importantly follows up on that communication. Sure. So um, the board has been spending a lot of time over the last few months trying to trying to wrap our head around this and understand sort of where we're headed. And, uh, and a lot of that's been in very close coordination with the administration and we exchanged information back and forth and tried things and we got feedback and regular meetings. Um, at the end of the day, this is a very dynamic situation and uh, it's going to have to be managed by a combination of planning ahead, but also a combination of patience. Because the reality is it's very dynamic, and on the medical and the scientific side, there's a lot that's not known yet. And uh, even on the political side from the government, there's a lot of policy that is not known yet. So the board came together, and uh, at the culmination of a long meeting, followed by a study session, uh, put together essentially a, um, a resolution uh, that encapsulated uh, what we thought to be the most important elements of how ASW handles this crisis together. Mm -hmm. And we were very clear about staying out of the weeds in this. And this resolution is essentially um, a guide for John and the administrative team and the faculty and everyone else involved in, in planning for um, and running on the video stream. I apologize for this. I don't know what has caused the breakdown. I don't know if it's something here at school or something between. Yeah. Never had this trouble before, so. Well, as soon as you bring an IT guy on, it's guaranteed to have problems. So. Any idea about when it cut off? Okay, I think we're I think we're back on live. So go ahead. 
continue where you left off. I apologize. Everyone, we just had some technical difficulty. I'm seeing online that it looks like we're connected again now. So uh, we're going to pick up where Greg left off. Please be assured that the video recording should include um, anything that we lost uh, in this uh, short bit, or at least we'll do our best to try to fit it together. So Greg, apologies for that. And please go ahead. No problem at all. My day job, I'm an IT guy, so I, I know how these things go. So <laughs> anyway, um, I was thanking the teacher teachers who've done an amazing job, but I also want to thank John and his administrative team. Um, as a board, we've asked them to do lots of research and additional mm -hmm. planning, and this is over and above what, what's normally done. So John, thank you to you and your team. Oh, thanks for that, Greg. Yeah. I, I noticed it. I, I want to make a note, too, that you also made a tremendous commitment to continue to support us in that resolution. I mean, there truly is an absolute commitment on the part of the board to make sure we utilize, uh, you know, some resources to make sure we have all these bits in place for August and so that we can open efficiently and safely for our families and for our students. Um, we are planning on that opening in August, uh, absolutely critical to us. Um, and this is what emergency reserves are for, is making sure that we provide continuity for the school in times of significant hardship. That's correct. And, and those, those financial resources in the emergency reserve are there. Uh, the resolution intended to give you and your team some flexibility. Um, and so also, you know, the interaction with the board has been great, but for efficiency's sake, um, we need to provide the boundaries and, and set you free to, to get that planning going. So Absolutely. hopefully that resolution is, has accomplished that to a large extent. Okay. Well, we've got quite a few questions on here tonight, and I think uh, we can tandem a little bit here and maybe both of us add some context uh, to the questions. But let me do a quick uh, screen change here to see if I can get all things up in front of us. So we'll get you and I, and we'll get a screen here, and then we'll go this route. We are using Slido as an app now, and uh, thanks to Mr. Little, actually, for recommending this as a way of getting our questions in in advance of our, our, our meeting together, uh, but also to give a chance for people to uh, give a little bit of back I want to say like push for questions to move up to the top so that we get to them first and, and give us a little bit of a prioritization. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's see if we can tackle the first one here. Uh, it's up at the top of the list and it's uh, one that really speaks to this idea of the reduction in what it should be. Um, and I want to just uh, speak to that and then uh, Greg, you can add in as well. Um, I, I know that everyone believes that there's some loss in not being at school. Uh, we do have a brilliant facility. I understand that from everybody's point of view and not being able to have access to that is harsh, but it's been something that everyone has experienced uh, around the world as they've closed schools. And so I, I struggle with um, seeing that as a real loss when we've done so much and continue to utilize staff and every resource at our uh, uh, availability at our fingertips to assure that this continuity of learning goes on, even into the last days of school. You just seen examples tonight of various things all across the board. We had an amazing PYP exhibition on Friday night, which is elementary. Uh, I've been in story times now every week with early childhood and seeing some of their um, activities together. So. 
I, I struggle with an estimation that that's somehow 20% less. In fact, I think it's more like 40% more because of all of the different ways we've had to learn to deliver education and put that in front of our students. And so I, I, I also struggle with a formula that somehow relates time in a place with the structure of our fees. Our fees are about an education. And it's about a year-long program, and it's about the staff and and the and the insight and the professionalism that we bring to our product, which is about the ASW core values and the way in which we embody them. But uh, I, I think, in actuality, there hasn't been much in the way of savings. We have had little savings with utilities and and some things. Um, you know, that we've been able to optimize. But these are these are minimal when compared to the full-time staff that have been engaged and employed throughout this uh, emergency. Um, what do you think, Greg? I mean, I, that, that's kind of my take on it. So, um, yeah, I would, I would echo that, John. And, and your team has produced data that we've used as the board to, to assess what these savings are. Um, and... Uh, to be honest, between the maintenance of the facility, it's a pending facility off, um, our teachers doing a phenomenal job, um, the financial reports that we include in every board meeting um, to the public demonstrate clearly that the vast majority of our uh, investment every year is into the teachers, into their salaries, into paying for quality educators to be on our staff. Um, and so, you know, as tough as this situation is, um, much of the investment of what brings it to you doesn't change. Right. Uh, and and as a board, what we're trying to do is look a little bit long term, which in this situation is, is is rather difficult. But we're trying to look at if there are cost savings that come out of this, how can we use it to um, sustain the school and even more important, sustain the school community? One of the things that we've looked at is really the economic impact, not just right. but the really broad economic impact. And we recognize that it's going to affect different members of our school body in different ways. And, uh, and again, coming back to our core, core values of we're in this together, how can we as a board and as a school think through this situation of we're in this together and how can we prepare and plan with contingencies so that we can keep everybody as a active and productive member of our community. Kind of a related question, this is one down, but the question is, do you plan to leave school fees on the same level for the next school year if, and this is an if, if kids will have to learn from home since August? Now we're not planning that, and, and we have every indication out there that we expect to be open on schedule in August. But we're also been very honest about saying that there's reality to the fact that we may have rolling short-term closures even in the next school year as we struggle with this pandemic and with this disease. We have little ability to predict what those short-term closures will look like. Um, but what we do know is we've now learned on the job how to do this and do it well. And so I think I can say Yes, school fees will stay the same, obviously, because we'll have not only this, but even higher levels of service that'll be able to um, agilely move between in-seat school and virtual school and whatever the government hands us in terms of regulations. 
And I think that's an important point, John, because some of this, not, not all the infrastructure existed before this came. Mm -hmm. This has actually required an investment of resources. Um, so there's a little bit of savings when it comes to things like electricity or water usage. Um, but there's also some expenses when it comes to systems and software licenses and, and that sort well, of thing. Yeah. Well, and the unestimated expenditures, although we're going to use some emergency funding for this, but all of the infrastructure things that will carry forward after we've addressed the initial upgrades that we're going to need to make this, the facility safe and effective for students to come back on site in August. And, you know, those plans are already in, underway, but those are going to have costs associated with them too, and long-term costs associated with them. So I know there's lots of budget uh, pruning and planning going on to make sure that we're able to address those needs and stay within the budget that we've already adopted for next year. So that we're not looking at any changes up or down in terms of next year. We want that stability for our families and make sure that they understand that the budget that we adopted back in February, March, before we went into this mitigation is the one we're going to stick with. And that's, that's a main reason behind the financial commitment out of our reserve fund, John, to support all the efforts. Mm -hmm. There will be expenses next year that were not anticipated in the budget. And, and our goal is not to change the, the budget based on the tuition levels that mm -hmm. they have set. So with that financial commitment, there will be no increase, certainly, to, to the tuition for next year. Yeah. We feel well positioned to handle uh, what we've tried to anticipate might come down the road. Yeah. So we've got another question here on fees, which is similar. So I'm just going to say we've pretty much answered that. The next one that comes up is more about plans rolling out for how school will be handled uh, next year. And so I, I can actually uh, switch screens here really quick and just show one piece of this. Um, there's a broad planning process. And the slide that I'm showing, Greg, because uh, I know you can't see it, is that overall approach, those four arenas that we're focusing on. And so, so that everybody understands in an, ep, in an, in an emergency like this, our focus is primarily right now on health and then how that relates to the way in which we have uh, program implications associated with it. So we will be expanding how we deal with health data, and that includes testing vulnerable populations, contact tracing, and how we make that flexible and yet updated regularly and reliable and sustainable. We're still waiting right now for the government to roll out uh, the sanitary uh, department's uh, regulations for what will need to be implemented in schools. Their announcements today allowed some aspects of school to open in a very limited way, but still no regulations on what it might look like for a fuller school opening, presumably further down the path, uh, well into June, um, and what those stipulations might look like in terms of class sizes, uh, distancing, and expectations for how populations of kids, large populations of kids will be managed. Um, but we're still going ahead and we're using examples throughout Europe and Southeast Asia to help drive our planning for how we'll then attack hygiene practices in school and hygiene practices in grades and classrooms and, and in the overall distancing in school practices, and then how we reorganize our boundaries 
and, and both the outside boundary as well as the inner boundaries. And it probably means very limited visitor access, if any, uh, limited parent access, at least in the early stages of August, uh, a temperature checking regime that will include on entry as well as possibly again through the day. Uh, risk assessment surveys are now coming on the table and are being talked about in the literature as another way of checking your population. Of course, we've done this before, the travel history declarations and some of those strategies. Um, and then the full badging and identification and really closing, tightening up all of our security infrastructure that's linked to our health infrastructure so that we're managing this effectively at the entrances. So um, a lot of those kinds of things coming together to try to address um, this ongoing challenge. Anything to add there? Um, just that probably the most difficult aspect of this planning is the areas where we just have to be patient. And I think yeah. government regulations are the prime example of that. We, you know, we, we glean best practices from other countries, but you know, it's, it's one of the board's principles to align as closely to the government of Poland's guidance as possible. And mm -hmm. up now uh, that guidance has not been forthcoming. And, and so with today's announcement, it looks like it might be on the, the nearer horizon. So I look forward to actually seeing it. That provides some of the parameters that your team needs to yeah. uh, do some of the detailed planning. So I know some of the questions that are on Slido relate to when will this plan be available? Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it's, that's a tough question because uh, there's so much input that's still necessary to put a comprehensive plan together. It's mm -hmm. going to have to be iterative uh, and, and a little bit more agile than, than what we might be used to. Absolutely. Um, there's a couple of more logistical questions. Let me see if I can plow through a couple of these uh, quickly. Uh, let me uh, promote this one because it's related to the prior question. Is any coronavirus test plan for community at school? And will we be requested to undergo any prior to the school restart in August? We, there's lots of discussion going on on testing right now, and, and, that's, and that's around the world. Uh, and we saw numbers today where uh, Poland has actually ramped up testing in a very significant way, including recently announced a requirement for those who have been on quarantine to now they must get tested at day 12 and in their quarantine. Um, and I think 150 or 140 some odd sites being set up throughout Poland. Um, we do have thoughts about testing within the school environment and that being one of our factors. We don't know all the details around this yet, but we do think testing as part of an overall program is probably something that seems to be gaining traction in the literature at least. And John, I'll add that this is one area where the science is still very much evolving. Yeah. The, the science of what the tests show, whether they're accurate, precise, how you make the different types of tests work together, um, and also as the manufacturers ramp up and finally gain enough volume to have a better understanding of, of the accuracy of these tests. That information as it comes together Will, will change dramatically over the course of the summer. Um, and I, I feel like more models will come together cohesively of how to implement it in a business or in a school environment. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's part of the flexibility that we've, as a board, tried to give the administration uh, in its planning over the summer. Yeah. 
And that's helpful. And again, I think we've got to be agile and nimble and be ready to respond to those things as they become more readily available to us. And everybody's ramping up. It's not just us. It's also the corporate world and, and other aspects of society that are trying to figure this out. Um, I got a couple other uh, housekeeping ones, uh, yearbooks, big announcement on yearbooks, and I'll have this out uh, tomorrow or the next day. We've got a, I, I want to say up front, we've got a longer letter for parents with all of the bits and bobs in it. I'll try to answer some of this tonight, but um, there's much more coming uh, literally within 24 to 36 hours. Um, but yearbooks is, an, is, a, is a neat one. We're actually uh, going to make yearbooks available to everyone this year. And so we have some thoughts about how to orchestrate. That's the logistics. But just know that everybody's getting a yearbook this year free of charge. You know, we've got yearbooks uh, coming to us uh, towards the end of May. Uh, they're in print right now. I understand binding is, is happening as we speak. Uh, we've been in touch with printer today. So we have the yearbook for everyone. Uh, and, and that's just uh, as a school, we felt it was important to just make that available. And it will have the dates and the availability and how we're going to structure that in that letter that's coming out in the next chant, in the next day. Um, there's also other announcements in that about graduation. We do have a plan. I don't want to say too much right now because uh, I want to give Mr. Sheehan a chance to push that out to seniors uh, tomorrow uh, and, and as part of this overall announcement. But um, we do, we're really excited about that and a number of other end of year activities, including our plan to go ahead with a live streamed end of year assembly followed by a very special activity. So um, stay tuned for that. That'll allow all of our families to have an opportunity to be involved. Um, there's one on here, though, that's about kids saying goodbye to their classmates. Um, teachers, I can talk about in that special opportunity on the 5th. Um, but there's not probably going to be an opportunity for us to gather kids together on site here at the campus and figure out a way to do that safely between now and June 5th. Um, so I, I, I think the classroom Zooms and the gatherings are going to have to suffice uh, for the remainder of our year. But we do have uh, some things planned for being able to at least wave goodbye to teachers and have an opportunity to bring closure to the year that we'll announce here in the next day or so. Um, so hopefully that will help address some of those questions. Um, let's see, uh, check out books. We're reviewing a plan associated with that. Um, so stay tuned on that one. Um, the coming to school and saying goodbye, that's the one that's in the plan. So we'll get to that. So we'll tick that off. Um, Summer activities, yes, as part of every year, teachers have always, I talked about this last week, have always pushed out resources for kids uh, relative to summer. And we do intend for, uh, for kids at the parents' discretion, this is for returning students, uh, we intend for you to be able to keep your devices. And so that'll open up opportunity for us uh, to push out additional activities for the summer as well. Um, that you'll be able to access easily through the resources that we'll put online. So we've got that tackled. Um, again, we're not planning on virtual school, but we'll have all of our plans in place. Um, 
training, uh, you know, teachers are constantly going through training in all types and kinds of things, including the delivery through virtual learning of things. And they've been collaborating with their peers around the world. So there's lots of things going on and more that will be happening through the summer. Teachers will be doing a lot of online training this summer. And so we're really uh, kind of, uh, it's an opportunity for us to really press our own student skills in a virtual environment and therefore also learn about teaching in a virtual environment uh, because much of teacher training has been canceled in terms of locations around the world or has been pushed to a virtual format. So it's our turn to get on the computer and, and learn for a change this summer in the many virtual classes that will be going on. Um, Lockers, belongings, all of that will be in the letter. Uh, we have plans for departing students as well as for returning students optionally. Uh, if you don't have anything in lockers, we're not recommending. We're gonna basically follow mall protocol. Uh, what I mean by mall protocol is we've estimated our square footage and the number of people that we can be have on site at any point in time. And so we're going to uh, manage it that way and have limited numbers able to come on site for periods of time after June 5th. So it's going to be after June 5th and we're going to be managing it that way. Uh, let's see. Uh, webinars and on virtual learning and teacher plan. Yes, got that. Um, personal items, same for elementary and upper in terms of personal items. We'll have opportunities to do that. Um, if the virus continues, you want to keep my child at home. Can we have a choice of real and virtual school in the fall uh, to, in some form? We've identified and I think I shared earlier that we'll have vulnerable populations that will choose to self-isolate. Uh, we'll also have kids that may be taken out for self-quarantine uh, when outbreaks occur around us or within the community. And so we'll have those options ready to go should kids need it uh, at any time during the school year, whatever these closures look like. So similar to what we did, but much more ramped up. Uh, from what we did when we all came back from Italy in February, uh, we will have a plan for any of our kids that need that extra support. John, um, go ahead. Just comment on that as well. One, one thing that we've tried to take into account as a board also is the teacher resilience. And um, so we've, we've asked John to give us a read on numerous occasions of how the teachers are doing with the virtual schooling. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and really, as we think about next year with the possibility of having to jump in and out of virtual school, part of the planning is going to include a threshold um, where if there's a certain percentage of our population that is not on premise, right, it becomes unsustainable for teachers to teach both on the campus and virtually at the same time. And so um, our plan will hopefully incorporate um, metrics that will help us determine when to go from one model to the other model and back in a way mm -hmm. that, to keep our teachers resilient and able to be uh, effective in their education. So that's that's something to, to keep in mind as we think of the flexibilities. We don't have unlimited flexibility <laughs> as we mm -hmm. were talking with about people and, and, yeah. and their ability to manage the situation. So. And as we're doing the planning, one thing to add to that is um, if we're if we are looking at percentages, particularly at selected grade levels or in selected classes, we have a thought of a strategy where we may take selected staff and put them entirely in virtual mode for that percentage while the rest of staff 
does the physical in place learning. So that's that kind of agile adjustment that we'll be able to pull off relative to any needs that might emerge. And, and a lot of it will be driven by attendance, uh, take up in terms of brick and mortar versus virtual. Uh, we heard today that some of the preschools that had originally been allowed to open for limited care opportunities, uh, many of them decided not to open because there weren't enough parents that actually took them up on the opportunity to open. Uh, and so many of these preschools that had originally scheduled to open this week have pushed off for a week and might even push off longer because many of the parents are just choosing not to uh, take them up on that offer uh, and wait instead to see how things go and whether safety programs are being implemented. And I could see a reality for us, too, that there might be parents who would say, I'm, I'm more of a mind I want to wait and see. Now, we're going to have everything in place to reassure people and make sure that they see that we've ticked down the risk matrix to the lowest level possible. But we do understand that some will have a concern about that risk, even at that level, and not want to put their kids in that harm's way. And Don, I just want to emphasize also that there's nothing that we'll be able to do to completely eliminate the risk. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. With, with current illnesses in school, we have children who get sick with flu and other, other things. Not that this is exactly like flu, but we will not be able to entirely eliminate the risk. And so we understand uh, that there will be parents with different levels of comfort, and we'll, we'll be doing everything we can to accommodate that. The, again, the goal is to get through this as a community. Yeah, we're all in this together. We really are. Um, I have a question here about assessment of academic preparedness uh, at the start of next year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we do this every year, so there's nothing new here. At the beginning of every year, uh, teachers go through necessary assessments to see where there are gaps. Uh, we're not expecting huge gaps. We've read a lot of literature that says kids are a little bit more resilient than we might often give them credit for, and that these learning activities have actually given them opportunities to hone skills they might not have necessarily done in the class classroom uh, on a counterbalance to whatever uh, bits and bobs they might have missed. So uh, just based on my scan of all of the learning activities going on throughout the school, I think we'll be in a good place. But assessments at the beginning of the year are always part of our process. And we have demonstrated an ability to kind of nimbly adjust when we see that we have needs amongst our student body, whether that's individual kids or whether that's groups of kids who we see to have gaps. And so I fully expect that teachers will master that in very easy order very quickly at the beginning of the year. Um, class pictures will be in the letter tomorrow. Thank you for a reminder about that. We will take care of that. Um, Seniors, I know where Mr. Sheehan's got that and he's got a lot of plans going. Um, I think there's a lot of unique activities going on out there, right? <laughs> You're a senior father. How are you feeling about that, Greg? <laughs> you know, I've, I've had many good conversations with my daughter and, and you know, let me just say the pain is real. Yeah. They, they are feeling a loss and, and, while we want to provide some of these key, absolutely key things at the end of the year, like the graduation, mm -hmm. we're not able to provide everything. We're not able to provide the prom. The senior trip was just recently canceled. And, yeah. and we recognize that this is tough for these, for these high schoolers. Mm -hmm. And um, just from a, as a personal anecdote, I've had family members um, 
who who have expressed nothing to do with ASW, but just their the recognition of this impact on, on seniors. One of my cousins is a photographer and does senior portraits, and and it just breaks her heart. So, you know, it it is real, and and so to the extent that we can be empathetic about it while still providing as much as possible, uh, we should look to do that. Absolutely. Um, I had one more question that flashed by, and unfortunately, I, I dropped off the screen here, but I want to talk about end-of-year activities and one aspect I don't want to leave out. We're planning end-of-year activities in the safest format possible, and that's safety for students as well as safety for staff. And so it will not include uh, a large opportunity for mixing with people that would break those boundaries or those regulations relative to social distancing. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I, because I saw somebody put it up on the screen, I'm gonna go ahead and, and announce it. And I hope Mr. Sheehan won't shoot me for this, uh, but I think it's also in the comment screen. We are planning a drive-in theater style graduation. And if you look this up online, you'll see many schools around the world that have done this. Um, and we're going to use our site. And so we're going to turn our backfields into a parking lot. We have a couple of backup plans in case of inclement weather uh, that would involve our parking lots. But uh, bottom line is we are, we are going to have families come in with their graduates in the vehicle and park lined up with a large uh, drive-in theater style screens and a podium and stage and pull off a graduation. It'll be graduates and their families and faculty only. Um, and uh, we will live stream it so everybody can watch this happen around the world. And, uh, and we're excited about it. We signed agreements today uh, to confirm the staging and the screens and the production crew so that we can pull off a truly memorable graduation for our seniors. Um, I have to be honest in saying there's a, there's a weather issue with this and we all need to cross our fingers and think sun and dry weather uh, around about the 30th. But on the 30th of May, uh, we're going to pull off graduation. So, Greg, were there any woo-hoos in the back of your house there? Is <laughs> I, I didn't hear any yet, but... Um... And I, somebody was asking about field and spreading out and just having people social distance. And that's not the safety level we're looking for. We really need to do vehicles and do a drive-in in order to fit within those regs and be able to keep everybody safe. I'm looking forward to being up on stage with you there, John. It was, yeah. it was fun to be involved in um, uh, the preparation of the graduation diplomas recently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we all did our signing, didn't we? What well, appetite for it? That doesn't mean you kids got it yet. Okay, just want to make until <laughs> until we get till we get on the day. It's not official, <laughs> um, and and it is. I mean, it's it, it's an important waypoint, uh, and equally, we've got waypoints for eighth graders and fifth graders. We'll do those more virtually, but there are plans in place uh, to make sure we honor those transitional waypoints as well. Um, new teachers and especially those for IB. Oh, I apologize for that. We actually had those in the board packet. So the board uh, knows and they're actually in a public document that you can get to. You just probably don't know where it is. Uh, but I haven't put my website up yet introducing our new teachers. So I apologize for that. We'll get that up by week's end um, and push it out to everyone. Um, and thanks for reminding me. I appreciate that. 
Um, and we will um, get introductions uh, going early. And there was somebody that wrote a question earlier about something in August to maybe have time, more time to have uh, people reintroduced to the campus and get kids settled back into school after this long hiatus. And so we'll take that under advisement. I think that's a great idea. Uh, somebody's asking about UN Day next year. Yeah, it's probably going to have to change. Uh, I don't know where we'll be at in October, but you know, every everybody knows, and I think everybody understands, we're being told by the doctors, by the professionals, this is one to two years of practice that we'll have to have in place to protect people and keep them safe until there's an immunization uh, or some other type of immunity or, or we see the infection rate go way down. That's not likely. Uh, but, you know, we're in this for the next one to two years with very different realities. And I, I fear, based on my message yesterday, and Greg, you tell me if you think differently, I fear we're going to be on this up and down kind of pattern, uh, that we're going to have infections, we're going to have impacts in our community, and then we're going to go down and it's going to be better and everybody's going to come back out again and then it's going to go back up again. And I feel like we're going to ride a roller coaster. Well, you know, I have to, I have to back that up. You know, as a board, the various members of our board who are just parents in the end of the day, we've been studying various models that we've been able to get our hands on. And I think I've seen every form of curve that's out there so far. Mm -hmm. But um, very few are predicting that this will simply dwindle away and disappear in the short term. So we mm -hmm. do need to be cognizant of the fact that, that this will impact us for a longer term. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, I would just say one of the things we need to keep in mind is that expectations are a key part of how we come through this as a community. Absolutely. And so we can't promise the world. Uh, we need to have realistic expectations. And we need to, you know, push and make the best in each situation that we can. Absolutely. Uh, words to live by. Um, there's still more questions here about returning resources. Yes, we'll have a plan for that and we'll have details out. Not this week. This week will be the events. Next week will be more the specific procedural elements that will come predominantly from divisional offices. Uh, they got a policy question on dropping a semester if we need to return to our home country and cannot come back until January. Um, just write us about that. We have uh, options for you. Uh, likely it means withdrawing for a period of time, but when you come back, you have returning student status. So you have highlighted status for any spaces um, that would be available in January. So keep us informed of your plans. And we're working with families on a one-on-one -on -one basis to try to support them in every way that they can. Um, how can we ensure, this is a great question actually, how can we ensure kids are getting the best education in remote learning, expanding their knowledge and challenge daily? It's about embracing the program, you know, embracing the things that are there that are provided and then capitalizing on them. A lot of it, I think is just attitude. Like we're still doing school. Like it's something that's encouraging and enhancing and, and showing interest in what kids are accomplishing. I see it in their eyes when I, when I join a Zoom and drop into a classroom now and then. And, and I see the excitement in kids and as they're sharing their projects. Uh, I'm going to have a link tomorrow for a first grader and a video that he did on social distancing. And so there's just all these wonderful, exciting things going on. I think it's just about embracing it and about demonstrating a family um, uh, process 
for embracing what's going on in, in, in the home that is the classroom. Setting up that classroom space in a room or, or the table out in the kitchen, if that's the better place for you and your family, and just making it part of your day and, and trying to build a schedule that works for you. We've left that flexibility to the degree that we can. Um, and so I know that that's, that's the piece. And remember, the learning that we're expanding in isolation is not book learning. We're using our core values right now. And the learning that we're bringing to kids is about independence and creativity and expanding and dealing with the challenges that we're all facing. So, you know, it, it is something new and different that they're learning. And, and that's going to be something they'll carry through with them for the rest of their lives. And, and every time we go into stints like this, we're going to capitalize on that. We use it as an opportunity for building resilience and building in kids the ability uh, to roll with things and to stay on track and stay on target. And you saw a play brought to fruition, learning design tasks, classroom projects, service learning. All these things can continue on even in virtual learning mode and they can be challenged and exciting every day. And John, I would just add that I think communication is a key part of that. Absolutely. You know, you've, you've shown us the regular feedback that we've been getting from the parent survey on communication levels. And, uh, you know, as a board, what we're looking for is the, the locus of the, of, of the re response from parents to be that we're slightly over communicating mm -hmm. That's where we want to be. Yep, exactly. All those surveys keep coming back like six, seven, right? <laughs> but insofar as it affects the education as well and to the parent community, um, part of adapting is also learning how to communicate between students and teachers and between parents and teachers and some of the, the schedule change that was just put in place to uh, allow teachers more time to have meetings virtually with parents and students I think is a, a move in the right direction so please encourage your kids if they're finding that this learning style is different encourage them to take advantage of those times with their teachers get some one-on-one -on -one if needed and and again, adapt to the situation. Yep, exactly. Um, graduation events for five and eight. I talked about that earlier. Uh, PTO events, yes. Uh, we're planning ahead towards next year. Uh, also, PTO elections will be coming any day now. We're going to couple it with actually our board election as well. And so look for that email soon. That'll come directly to parents with a personalized invitation, as you're all familiar with. And so we've got a board election to complete and a PTO board uh, election. It's a slate of candidates, so it's just a, a, a vote uh, in favor of the slate or opposed to it. And we'll be trotting that out very shortly here. My thanks to Elena and to Liz uh, and, the, and the current PTO team. They did a marvelous job of recruiting their replacements. And I think the person who wrote this, Maria, is uh, one of our new board members coming in. So I think that's great. Um, so yes, PTO is alive and well. I know they haven't been able to pull off much under virtual school, but they've been talking and working in the background and they're really hoping to bring things together. Um, no plans to open campus at this stage. Uh, and again, uh, I'll also answer that other question. There's really no mixing opportunity here for any kind of large groups of any kind or certainly between students and staff uh, before the end of the year. So we're, 
we're not going to be able to pull that off in any kind of a, a format with people together in large numbers. Uh, the best we're going to be able to offer is that last day activity where we're going to have uh, a basic parade through our facility in order to give an opportunity for people to to wave and and say goodbye and and bring that closure to the year again for those that want to participate. So um, let's look at it that way. Uh, digital photos, those kinds of things. Yes, I think they're all being handled, and we will. Uh, push that out to you. If you didn't receive it, I think some of these have already been done. So we'll make sure you get that information. Contact your divisional office. Um, outdoor activities, not till not till late summer or uh, or later will we look at the possibility of opening outdoor activities for access. And a lot of that has to do with the government regs that would be allowing that. And I know they opened up some organized activities for very limited numbers today in their press release. And so, but that is not anything that's going to have implications for us yet. But if there's something that comes down the path that opens an, a possibility, we'll look at the risk factors and we'll assess it. And then we'll determine if we can make those available. Um, yes, class photos. And again, that'll be in my letter tomorrow. Uh, testing, we've talked about earlier tonight. Uh, face masks, yes, very likely that face masks will be involved in school. Uh, everything we're hearing on the sanitary regime is in some form or function, masks will be involved in the day. If we look at the examples of some schools throughout Europe, uh, may not be required to wear once they're in classroom, but any travel within the school will definitely involve masks and social distancing. Uh, there's lots of videos online. I think you should go take a look at them, both what's happening in China as well as what's happening in Western Europe. And they will give you the story of likely what we're going to be uh, in putting in place here. And that is, you know, desks spread apart, seats sp spread apart, uh, opportunities. And then somebody talked about cafeteria here, which I'm going to bump that one up to the top. Yeah, cafeteria is going to be very different. Uh, we're already talking to our provider. And for those that will um, try to get lunch from the cafeteria, it'll probably be box lunches uh, distributed and most likely, at least for elementary, eaten in classrooms. Uh, and not using the cafeteria. And even for upper school, it'll have to be uh, very staged and changed in the way in which we utilize the cafeteria. So cafeteria will definitely change in the coming year. These are part of those changes we're going to have to figure out how do we adapt to this and how do we accept change. Um, okay, face masks and, and I answered the PTO. Oh my gosh, Greg, I cleared Slido. 35 of them. I'm impressed, John. That's not bad, huh? <laughs> well, Greg, I, you've been wonderful, and thanks for contributing to the conversation tonight. Any final messages for our community before I move to sign-off? Well, John, thanks for letting me join. I, I hope it's been helpful to the community to get a little bit of an inside peek on, on what the board has been doing. Um, the only thing I'd, I'd mention still is that uh, the board elections will also be coming up very soon. Um, as you may know, every year we elect one American and one non-American to the board. As mm -hmm. of right now, we have a candidate for the American position, but we do not have a candidate for the non-American position. So right. um, while I have your ear, um, mm -hmm. I encourage community members to, to look into joining the board. Uh, we're a group of parents, and we're passionate about the school, and we're passionate about the long-term 
um, longevity and viability of the school. We're passionate about the community. Um, and we work as a team, uh, the 11, 12, 13 of us um, together. It's, it's always amazing to me how you put a variety of minds together, you come up with a much better product than just relying on one person's insight. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, look into membership on the board, especially if you're a non-American. So that would be anybody without a, an American passport or would be eligible for this position. If it goes through the election without a viable candidate, then the board will be looking to um, recruit and appoint somebody next year. Uh, time frame to be determined. Uh, but please feel free to reach out to me um, or reach out to Artur Banashak, who's our uh, governance committee chair who kind of oversees the elections. So either of us are happy to answer questions that might come up. And but to anybody out there, if they need to get in touch with you, they can get in touch with me uh, just in a reply to my morning message, if nothing else. And I can get it right into Greg and Arthur's hands so that we can start processing that. Absolutely. And I guess the final thing I'll say is even though our board meetings are also virtual now, which, you know, has required its own set of changes, uh, they're still open to the public. Um, and so um, please be on the lookout for the connection information. It's a Zoom meeting. and. Mm -hmm. Every single board meeting that we offer has a has a public portion uh, that includes a lot of detail of what we're talking about. So I'd encourage people to attend. Uh, yep, and you're and you're welcome to join us, and we'll have that information out next week in preparation for our next meeting. Our next one is the 25th, I believe. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, Greg, thanks again for joining me tonight. It's been so good to have somebody here to talk with instead of just talking to the screen. Okay. So thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. And thank you, everybody. Have a good evening. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us again for Facebook Live. I apologize if I didn't answer questions that were coming into the Facebook screen. I was sticking primarily to Slido, but I did notice that many uh, administrators and others uh, were answering your questions busily in the Facebook uh, stream as well and trying to help do that. Also, I noticed Mr. Stein uh, posted links there that I'll repeat again tomorrow in my morning message. And I love the idea that I saw pop up about an ASW mask. And I think there's some that are being designed and developed as we speak, including ones that uh, have our core values on them. In fact, I got a sample, so take a look at this. This is the step forward mask. And so we've got uh, actual core value branded masks ready to put on board uh, for the coming year, as well as I'm sure others that will emerge. Uh, we had well over 100 people at some points tonight, so I really appreciate all of your participation. Like usual, uh, this uh, video will be available tomorrow. I hope it's going to piece together with our technical difficulties, but uh, I'll have that up on the podcast as soon as I'm able to finish editing it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Have a wonderful evening. This is the Director's Desk Town Hall with ASW signing off. <laughs>